Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. Let me welcome to the show my brother. He's out there fighting the good fight for the people who have had harm done to them. He's an attorney, literally attorney. Demario is where you can follow him. Let me welcome back to the show attorney Demario Solomon Simmons. Hi. What's up, Karen? Good to be back. Back awesome. down with my people. I appreciate you, first of all, and shout out to, uh, is your mom Mrs. Solomon Simmons? No, she's Mrs. Br- uh, uh, Brown Banks. <laughs> okay. So where did the Solomon Simmons hyphenated come from? Oh, that's a long story. My father's last name is Solomon. I, I have a great relationship with my father now, but growing up, he was not in the home and we didn't have a great relationship. His people are Simmons. And this is an interesting story. I didn't know them growing up, a very prominent uh, black activist. My uncle Jake Simmons was doing business in Ghana from the 1950s when Booker T. Washington came to Oklahoma two times in history. Both times he stayed with the Simmons family. So when I reconnected with them and when I was 22 years old, my uncle Don Simmons, he said, man, you're one of us. Who the heck is Solomon? You need to change your name to Simmons. Everything about you is Simmons. And I said, no, man, I've been Solomon my whole life. And then he got sick about a year later and he passed away. So I added Simmons to my name to to honor him because he really brought an other side of my life that I didn't know about into me become a full person. So my mother's side and my father's side, which is where the Creek Indian side comes in, the father's side. I love that. You know, um, we we practice Kwanzaa because our names were snatched, right? So there are certain, pr- we, we lost our rites of passage. We lost our names. You know, when I think of my Nigerian and my Ghanaian brothers and sisters, their, their names have meaning. And I always ask them when I talk yeah. to my Asian brothers and sisters, I always ask because their names have meaning. Their names are usually attached. And if you're Nigerian, you probably, I was talking with uh, a sister, Smith, we were interviewing someone and she said she could go back all the way. Like, so if she meets someone and it wasn't Nigerian, Nigeria or Ghana, I think it was Benin, that that based on the name, they go back like 12 generations that at some yeah. point they will have uh, a, per, a relative in common. And yeah. that unbreakable chain of belonging is something that was stripped from from black Americans, from Africans taken from Africa and brought and dropped off different places that we have Portuguese names, Spanish names, French names, Scottish, Hunter, Scottish, Irish, British. You know, we, we carry around these names of people who both um, dehumanized us and uh, enslaved us with pride. Right. So during the 70s, when so many people changed their names, you know, the, the Shakurs and, you know, you have all of the I spoke with Mama Akua, who is uh, Fred Hampton's uh, widow uh, this week as well, because I'm you know, planning on something there. And I'm like, you know, people naming themselves is the, the, the way that you can empower yourself away from, you know, uh, this. But at the same time, I'm a hunter, even though I don't know white man, Scottish person that own my people. But that means something to me because. My daddy, you know, so that's I right. love that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And shout out to my dad. He changed, he was Nehemiah Solomon Jr., but he changed his name to Ahmad Shadi in the late 70s. So his name was Ahmad Shadi. And shout out to my mom, Kathy Brown Banks. So you're right. I mean, our names mean something. And that was an interesting thing when I connected with my Simmons side of the family. That took me back to my Creek Nation people that can go back to the late 1700s, you know, and so I can trace them by documentation going back to Florida before the uh, being removed during the Trail of Tears. So that all matters. All of that is important to us as we reclaim what has been stolen and lost throughout the um, enslavement and oppression we have uh, experienced. 
Um, I'm, I'm working through, you know, reparations and, you know, and, and it's a conversation I feel like in many ways has become a red herring and a source of contention on purpose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is there no for question. us to fight over money that's not here yet. Right. You know, right. we don't even have a, a good game plan for what to do, but it's, it's there to keep division going because as long as there's division among us, somebody's winning and it's no, not it's, us. It's not us. Right. So like it's like like you guys always say uh, in in class with, with uh, Professor Carr, how does it free us to be fighting about numbers and stuff like that? I'm like you, though. I believe reparations is old, is due and whatever form when people get it, they should be able to do whatever they want to, because it's not a payment for a service. It's a payment for a dead old. And right. so uh, that's where I am on it. Me, too. All right. So what is happening uh, in. Uh, with the Muskogee Nation, and I guess the the proper thing is not Indian because that that is a misnomer. It is uh, you know because uh, Columbus was lost, thought he was somewhere in India, so these people right. became Indians, but they were not Indians. They were right. indigenous folk from may, many various different tribes, most of right. which don't even exist anymore because of right. of the human carnage that that was wrecked on those folk. Uh, but what is going on in court right now? So, uh, and thank you, Karen, for always you know caring about what we have going on. Everyone was uh, knows about Black Wall Street and Greenwood, and because of the centennial that passed. But a lot of people don't realize that Black Wall Street and Greenwood was created by the co-founders, which are Black Creek Indians and other Black Indians of Oklahoma. There were Black people, there were Indigenous people that were here when Columbus got here, that were living in the Southeast United States. Some of these black people were enslaved by Native American nations like the Creek Nation. Some were free. But during the encroachment of the European colonization on the Southeast United States, many Indian tribes wanted to protect themselves. And so they adopted chattel slavery and plantation style economies. And then when they were removed from their homelands or our homelands from the Southeast United States, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, across what we know now as a trail of tears to what's called Indian Territory, which is now Oklahoma, about 35 to 40% of those people on that trail of tears were people that look like you and I. Many were enslaved, many were not enslaved. Once they got here to Oklahoma Territory, they toiled into the Civil War. If the Civil War happened, the five tribes signed treaties with the Confederate nations to keep their enslaved Africans and enslaved members of their tribe. And when the Civil War ended, as you know, once Georgia and Mississippi and Florida to come back into the Union, they had to adopt the 13th and 14th and 15th Amendments. These amendments were Reconstruction Amendments that have made Black people living in those states full citizens, no more enslavement, and you had to give them the same treatment as white folks. Well, these Indian nations were not states. They were nations. So they had to have treaties. And these treaties also included the same type of language. And in the Creek Nation, Article 2 of the Treaty of 1866 clearly states that they cannot have enslavement any longer, and they had to treat all Creeks of African descent, those who were enslaved and were not. So my ancestor, Cal Tom, my four-time great-grandfather, was a chief of the Creek Nation. He's one of the five individuals that signed, negotiated, and signed the treaty that outlawed enslavement. That enslavement brought freedom and justice and equality to thousands of Black Creeks. From 1866 to 1906, the Creek Nation was its own entity here in Indian Territory. But then the white man came and said, we wanted Oklahoma because oil, and they wanted white settlement. So they decided they was going to take the land from the Indians and give it to white settlement and create the state of Oklahoma. But you, what, what are you going to do with the land that's owned in common by the nation? Well, we're going to put them all, give them an allotment of land and give the surplus to white settlement. 
And one of the first things that the state of Oklahoma did was create a constitution that embedded Jim Crow and white and segregation. The first law in Oklahoma was segregated rail cars and phone booths. And it made it, if you were not uh, white, you were black and subject to segregation. So what did that do? They created a Creek Freedman role for black Creek Indians and said, well, you're, you guys are black and so we can discriminate against you. And so they drove a, drove a wedge from our brothers and sisters who were, didn't look as dark. They could just pass as quote unquote Indians where goals that look like me, hey, they see us as Negroes. Well, in 1979, the Creek Nation decided they wanted to kick out all the Black Creeks, including my, my family. I was a Black, I'm a Black Creek Indian. I was enrolled into 1979. My father before him, before me, my grandmother, and going back 300 years of documented documentation. So for 44 years, almost 44 years, we've been stripped and stolen of our heritage, our birthright, and millions of dollars annually in benefits, which includes healthcare, housing, cash stipends, educational benefits, opportunities to do contracts with the federal government, because as an Indian, that's not a, a racial classification, or that is a political classification. You can't even challenge it on a 14th Amendment uh, connotation they can do for Black based upon race. So I've been fighting this case, Sharon, uh, Karen, as you know, for over 25 years. I actually tried a similar case back in 2005, 2006. I was successful at the district court level, and then their Supreme Court overruled it. Well, here we are again. And next Tuesday, April 4th, we're going back into court. We have a tremendous coalition of individuals and organizations like the Terrence Crutcher Foundation, the Muscogee Creek Indian Freedman Band, Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights, Equal Justice Initiative, Color of Change, many others that are working with us. We're gonna get the citizenship rights and civil rights of Black Creek Indians. We're gonna end this anti-Black discrimination and this Confederate way of thinking that Black people cannot be Indians. And we're gonna get our rightful heritage and get the benefits we've been denied for 44 years. So you're optimistic that this is gonna happen? I'm absolutely, absolutely. The okay. law is on our side, the facts are on our side, and you are on our side, Karen. I mean, you know, I that's, that's nice. Of course, I'm, I'm on the side of what's right and righteous. That said, I don't, this government is not set up for the right and righteous. It's set up for the wealthy and white. Uh, and, and, and guess Atlanta. what, Karen? Yes. And what? I'm inside of this case. This this case on Tuesday is within the Creek Nation government. I am in the Creek Nation's court system. I'm fighting in someone else's court system, literally. Their own rules, their own laws that I'm fighting against. But the Treaty of 1866 is the supreme law of the land. It is a treaty between the Creek Nation and the, and, and the United States government. Now imagine this, Karen. My ancestor, my grandfather, is the reason that the Creek Nation legally exists. Yes. Without that treaty, there is no legal ju jurisdiction right. of the Creek Nation. And then, but they have the audacity to tell me I cannot be a member. I can't be a citizen and my clients can't be citizens when we help. Not only do we build well, okay. a Okay, all right. Well, Demario Solomon Simmons is here. Uh, Attorney Demario is where you can follow him, spell it out, and go to solomonsimmons.com. So how do you even, how do you argue this? Like, what? how do you get prepared for a case like this? Uh, like, what, what law books? You know, going to law school, that's American law. Where do you go to study this? law where did you go well i mean like i say the, the foundational law is the treaty of 1866 and so in our in our framework you have the u.s constitution which is the top law in the land and then treaties are right below that this is a law based upon the treaty between the united states government and the creek nation government so we're simply saying to the creek nation 
you have to follow this treaty. Now, be I want to be clear about this. The United States of America is also not doing what they need to do. They can step in today. President Biden's administration, the Secretary of Interior, which is Secretary Deb Holland, she could today tell the Creek Nation, you will adhere to this treaty. You will stop discriminating against these Black Indians or we will not recognize your government. They have done that in the past. They did that for the Seminole freedmen. They did that for the Cherokee freedmen. And that's one of the things that we're calling upon people of good conscience and our partners to tell the federal government, stop this outright anti-Black discrimination. This is one of the few places in America where it's clearly, we don't want you because you are a African or a Negro or formerly enslaved. So what, what is the benefit of being recognized? Uh, is it, are there, are there, um, reparations you can tap into like to be officially recognized as a member of the Creek nation? Is there, is there some benefit to this? Well, number one, you know, you can't put any price tag on someone's heritage and their birthright. Like you Facts. talked about your father, right? You know, my grandmother, Johnny Mae Simmons, you know, she grew up, she spoke Creek. She grew up on her Creek allotment and it, it hurt her to her core for them to send her a letter and say, she's no longer a citizen of the nation that her great grandfather and great grandmother and great great grandfather and great grandfather grandmother helped build. And she died, unfortunately, uh, back in 2019. She was one of the plaintiffs in, the, in our case, but she died before getting justice. So you can't put a price tag on me vindicating people like my grandmother and all the thousands of Black Creek citizens who've been unjustly denied. Now, tangibly, if you want to talk about numbers and benefits, for instance, the Creek Nation received a couple billion dollars of tax dollars during COVID, which I'm okay with that. And they gave each citizen $4,500 cash wow. stipend. But that means the thousands, the tens of thousands of Black Creeks that should have received that money, they did not receive it. Here in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now, you have an 11-year gap between Blacks and Whites as far as living, 11-year life expectancy. Part of that, and a big part of that is because a lack of access to health care. If you're an enrolled Creek citizen, you have free health care through the United States government. If you're an enrolled Creek citizen, you can get a housing opportunities and houses built for you if you need housing. If you're an enrolled Creek citizen and you're going off to college or have a child going to college, there are scholarships that's earmarked for you because of that uh, designation as a Creek citizen. If you are a Creek citizen, you have an opportunity to do government contracting with the federal government with preferences because you are an Indian, which is a political class. So we're talking about heritage, but we're also talking about tangible benefits that can change people's lives overnight. Okay. Uh, so April 4th, next um, Tuesday, next, next Tuesday. Tuesday, you're going to be Omagi, Oklahoma, the headquarters of the Creek nation. Anybody want to connect with us? You can go to justiceforblackcreeks.org. You can also go to justiceforgreenwood.org. Uh, which is our, our mother's site, because you cannot have justice for Greenwood. You cannot have justice for the massacre if you don't have justice for Black Creeks, who are the co-founders. And it was the massacre and the continuing harm that allowed the Creek Nation to also step in and further discriminate and oppress the Black Creek Indians. All right. And this F-O-R spelled out. Yes. OK. Justice for Black Creeks dot com and dot org. .org. Okay, but if you go to .com, it also is there. Oh, let me, I, I got to give props to my communication team. They're yeah, working yeah, hard. Do that, do that. All right, let me see what if .org looks different. No, it's .com. It's justiceforblackcreeks.com. 
Oh, I'm going to get in big yeah. trouble. Sade Williams. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Sade Williams. She's yeah. doing a great job. She's yes. going to be all over me. Like, I'm putting out yeah. misinformation, fake yeah. news. Sorry, yeah. Sade. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Because uh, dot, dot, yeah, that dot com. Go to dot com, y'all. Uh, 866-801-8255. Listen, I appreciate the work you do. Always am going to support it because we, we need to, you know, justice is important. Justice, either we care about justice or we don't. We can't just you know, bury our heads in the sand. Yeah. And this is tangible benefits. I mean, we suffer from uh, not having access to resources, healthcare, housing, money. This will uh, provide that for these black Creek Indians who primarily live in black communities. So it will go back into black communities so we can build up our communities. And Karen, I just want to say, I just appreciate you so much for your show. And the fact that you and Dr. Carr get on every Saturday for three plus years, every Saturday and educate for free nation internationally, it's huge. And I just want to thank both you and Dr. Carr for that. I watch all the time and I'm just a big fan of your show and your platform. And I just appreciate it. All you do. Uh, it is a- absolutely our pleasure. Actually. Um, we both agreed it, when we get up on a Saturday and we don't feel like doing it anymore. We won't. Um, but right now we're both compelled by the lack of information that is widely d- dispersed and also the agendas that people have who disperse it. Right. So, both of us are free of agendas. We, our only agenda is freedom. And that's a Sonia Sanchez. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But how do it free us? That's her edict. Right. And so right. we're just borrowing and reminding people where things come from. And, uh, you know, as a form of liberation, because knowledge is power. So that's that's it. And um, I, I can't see doing anything else. You know, for those of us who have platforms, this is what we should be doing with them. And if you're not, then what's what's your, what, what are you what are you doing? What are you here for? Facts. Yes. All right. Love you immensely, Demario. Thank you for coming through. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.